Welcome to episode 165 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is playing hurt today, John Scott Sloat. A little bit. Yeah. Just a little under the weather. Yeah, you can you can hear it in his voice, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's not the same dulcet tones that uh, we've become accustomed to. Might be to. more dulcet, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. So, um yeah, you've been you've been dealing with a with, with with a little bit of a thing here. Yeah, about 10 12 days now. Uh sore throat, coughing, lost my voice entirely for about 3 days. And then uh just been Coughing a coughing a ton, so I may even cough cough on pod today. Yeah, we don't have the technology for me to have a separate button. No, I run the board, so um, it's going to be tough for me to, to. And quite frankly, even if I muted you, we'd hear you'd it through hear the, it through my microphone. Oh yeah, so. and I'm an aggressive cougher. Have you ever noticed this about me? <laughs> yes, my whole family, uh, we cough with gusto. Yeah, um, like we're trying to unearth a lung. Yeah, um, I mean, you might as well make it productive. Yeah. Yeah, make it worth it. Yeah. Now it sounds disgusting. Yeah, of course. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm contagious anymore. I don't think so. I don't care. But coughing on an airplane this last week, dirty looks all around. Oh my goodness! You think you had yelled the word bomb <laughs> instead of coughed? <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Anyone just hand you a mask randomly? Like, dude? No, no, no one did. I tried to explain to the people in my row, you know, where you get like overly talkative and apologetic for, yeah. for this thing that you're experiencing that you really can't help. Yeah. Um, I tried to uh, – I tried to go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've had this for like a week. I'm not contagious. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> Although what, what, do I, what do I know? I'm just <clears> – I'm just mostly sure that I'm not contagious. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean – your wife is a pharmacist. And she has not gotten it. Okay. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Has she not been able to hook you up with anything that has assisted you? Um, I take Delsum like it's like it's some sort of brown liquor that I should be taking all the time. <laughs> uh, but other other than no, other than that, no. There's not there's not much out there. Okay. Well, if you would like to get in touch with the show and share your own uh, cold remedies with John, uh, you can reach us on Twitter. At, oh, yeah. At VNS Pod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. And you can leave a five-star rating and a lovely review or a not-so-lovely review. That's fine too, but just make sure it's a five-star rating. It could be sarcastic and Absolutely. fun. We would we would invite a sarcastic um, review. Absolutely. Yeah, we would we would we would embrace that for sure. All right, John. Let's talk a little sports. Um, now that football season is over, we've kind of fully shifted into basketball, and of course, the start of um, the. Uh, uh, the baseball season with spring training, both of our phones uh, blowing up. Okay, just a tornado watch. Just, just a tor- just confirming. Though honestly, <coughs> they I must mean, have heard me cough. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, we're probably in like the safe. Other than going to the basement, yeah, we're this is probably this, this one is of the, the safest. safest rooms in our building. That's yes. fair. Although the building is surrounded by giant trees. Yeah. So, 
Well, assuming we make it out alive, um, we uh, we'll post this episode. If, if, not, if not, the the pod is our <laughs> is our swan song. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So as we record on this Monday, uh, we're experiencing monsoon season. So apparently, it's been a weird February, hasn't yeah, it? It has. And this drops on the last day of February, it right? Does. Yep. What a weird month. It is. It is. February. February. Right. Yes. There's always an extra R in there that yeah. that I forget about. Yeah. So um, NBA season winding down now. Well, there's what, like 20, 20 21 <coughs> games left in the regular season. Um, I caught a little bit uh, of yesterday's game between the Mavericks and the Lakers. So, Most important 23 games of LeBron's career, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a bold statement by uh, LeBron. So, um, But they got down 27 mm-hmm. in the second quarter and ended up coming back all the way to win. So, um, How did I, – I have not seen the Mavs play since the trade. How is mm-hmm. Kyrie and Luka working out? Yeah, I mean from what I can tell, I, I haven't watched a ton of games. Uh, but I think it's going to work okay. Okay. You know, part of the challenge is that both those players are ball-dominant players, I think. So that makes it more complicated when you have two ball-dominant players Yeah. Uh, to try to figure out, okay, so whose turn is it to, to kind of run the offense? But uh, I think it has the potential to be a good combination. But, you know, Kyrie is, is – uh, he just uh, – Everywhere he goes, there's drama. He's kind of poison yeah. to a team. It's, it seems that way. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work in Boston. It didn't work in – Well, New- it didn't work in Cleveland first. Yeah. I mean, they won a title, but then he went, I want out. I don't want to be playing with LeBron. Yeah. Is basically what he said. Right. But, I mean, it worked enough to get him a title. Yep. But, yes, you're right. He did leave. Uh, and um, so it didn't work in Brooklyn. You know, will it work here? We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Lakers, where do the Lakers stand right now? <coughs> in the West. I think they're 10th maybe. Yeah, but it's so jumbled up here. They're so clumped, yeah. So the Lakers are currently, let me see this here, they are. 12th. 12th. So that is outside of the playoffs. But they are simply a game back of being tied for ninth and two games back from seventh. So it's really jumbled there. Uh, Two and a half back of the Mavericks in sixth. So with 20 games left, there could be a lot of movement in that Western Conference uh, playoffs there. So that'll be – I'll be curious to see. You know who I saw in the West that I – Thoroughly enjoyed watching play. Who's that? The Memphis Grizzlies. Well, yeah. I mean, John Morant is uh, a highlight waiting to happen. Yeah. That was just a lot of fun. They play hard. They play defense. Um, they were they were playing against the 76ers and ultimately lost, but led most of the game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, had great defense on Harden. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, – and Joel Embiid. Yeah. Did you happen to catch the ending of the Sixers Celtics game from that had been Saturday night? I did not. Catch no. So um, tie game, Celtics 
are inbounding the ball on the sideline with like a little over four seconds left. They run a nice play where they get uh, a Jason Tatum step back three, hits it with like one point three seconds to go. Philadelphia has no timeout, so they can't advance the ball. They throw it in to Embiid. He chucks it three-quarters court shot, makes it. Nice. Just after the horn. Doesn't count. Uh. So it was, it was just in his hand as he as the horn sounded. But it was, I mean, a, a baseball throw um, from three-quarters court made it. But just wow. not quite in time. So... Um, yeah, so now we're getting to the point where the NBA season where, uh, you know, you've had the All-Star break. Guys get a little bit of a second wind after the All-Star mm-hmm. break. And now with, you know, 20 games left, the West in particular is wide open. Um, towards the, you know, basically between, say, you know, once you're in the, like, basically from fourth all the way to, what, 13th, there, there's really not <coughs> not a lot of... Uh, of space. So, yeah, the Lakers are currently 12th, 13 and a half back from the Nuggets leading the West, but they're only um let's see. They're 3 games out of 5th. Hmm. So, and 3 and a half games out of 4th. So, who knows what's going to happen there. There's a lot to be decided in the in the West. In the East, uh the Cavs continue their their strong year. Um, I don't know if enough people are probably talking about Donovan Mitchell as an as an MVP candidate. Donovan Mitchell is a great player. I think I underestimated him when he played for Utah. I just I, because they, he was in Utah. Well, I just I probably didn't see him enough. Sure. And then I'm seeing him more now with the Cavs. And you know, last year the Cavs were that sort of borderline. I think they got into the play play uh, play in game and didn't advance. Yeah. So they were a borderline playoff team. And then Donovan Mitchell comes along and now they're they're fourth in the East. Well, I've told you Donovan Mitchell's my favorite NBA player. Did you know this? Uh, did you tell me that? Yeah. You know, know you know that. why? He has some connection to the Mets, right? He's a big Mets fan and his dad <laughs> has worked in the Mets organization for years. Years. So he is your favorite over any of the current Knicks. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. Um, oh, yeah. Obi Toppin. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Donovan Mitchell, favorite NBA player. Now, I will root for the Knicks. Don't don't get me wrong. Sure. But yeah. I was really hoping he'd come to the Knicks. They're in sixth. They're, 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 they have a strong season. So, yeah. I mean, that, that keeps <coughs> them out of the play-in tournament for now. And I think the I think the leapfrog Boston or excuse me Brooklyn at some point Brooklyn's been gutted. Yeah, and they're tied with Brooklyn, so Brooklyn must have some sort of they're at uh, point tiebreaker point five six seven winning percentage. We're at point five six five winning okay. percentage. So they're both nine and a half games back, but they they they've played uh, fewer games. Uh, Brooklyn has. So anyway, um, yeah, the East will be. Interesting. I, it's still hard for me to see. I, mean, I guess I could see the Celtics or the Bucks being competitive in the finals. I don't see anybody else really having a realistic shot in the East of winning the title. You don't think the 76ers? I don't think so. Mm, interesting. The Cavs? No Cavs? I, I'd, I'd love to see the Cavs do it. I just don't know that in a, in a playoff series that they have enough um, I just wonder weaponry. if Donovan Mitchell gets hot, you know, I mean – that can be enough to carry you for a few games and maybe steal a series. But that's hard to do 
You know, it's not March. Yeah. It's not March Madness where at most you play six games. If you can win six games, you win the title. Yeah. And in the NBA, you got to win four series basically to win the title. Best of best of seven series. So you're going to have to win at least sixteen games. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a tall task. So uh, we'll see, though. We shall see. All right. Um, so spring <laughs> training is underway, and uh, I was talking with Jordan in Indiana yesterday. Apparently, there's, oh, yeah. there's some controversy over some of the new rule changes with um, pitch clock and um, the batter needing to be in the in the box in a certain time. Yeah. I- I'll be interested to see. I mean, I'll probably do a deeper dive when the regular season starts to get a breakdown of all the new rules surrounding the pitch clock. Um, but it sounds like the batter has to be in the box by eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be another dimension of the chess game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the rule that actually caught my attention that I didn't know they were doing is apparently you can only throw over to over to first twice. Yeah, I think that's right. And then the third time, if you don't record an out, in other words, if you don't throw them out, don't throw them out, it's a balk, and the runner gets to move up a base. Everybody gets to move up a base. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a big deal. Oh yeah, I mean that will definitely speed up the game. You know, you're not going to have these at bats where the guy throws over six times, then throws a pitch, <coughs> and then you know throws over another four times. Like, well, these spring training games are ending in two and a half hours. Yeah, which is. You know, some of those Red Sox-Yankees games are like four hours long. Right. Like two and a half. You know, I I don't want to be optimistic here. <laughs> I could catch that game before I fall asleep if it starts at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, or at least get the first seven innings in, right? At least, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So I we'll, mean, that's that sounds ideal to me. I mean, there, there's part of it that I'm like, oh, my goodness, thank you. Yeah. Something needed to happen. But there's also part of me that's like, this is going to be a whole nother game. Yeah. Like, like the game is changing a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, as we, this is our last episode in February, that means March is approaching. March Madness is on the horizon. Uh, we will have another bracket competition here for the podcast. Um, John, you're going to look into getting that set up. If we can get it set up before this episode drops, we'll throw it in the show yep. notes. I'm pretty sure it's just a couple of buttons on Yahoo to get it going. Yeah. But – have they has Yahoo opened it up yet? Right. That's that's the big question. Yep. Yep. So if not, uh I would think by next week, the next episode will be March seventh. I'm sure they by then should. it'll be open. When's selection Sunday? Um let's that's see. gotta be coming up soon. Maybe like the eleventh? Uh, that late? Eleventh or twelfth of March. Hmm. I think. Almost halfway through. Yeah. So be the ninth. I think it's the eleventh, because I think the conference tournaments are that weekend. So uh, I think it'd be the 11th, and then the first round games, you know, the sort of the play-in ones are that Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the the full tournament starts hmm. that Thursday, Friday. So lots of lots of basketball ahead. Speaking of which, we should give a shout out to our own Grace College Lancers, playing they, real well. They're playing very well. Uh, this episode drops on a Tuesday, so this very evening. Uh, on the, when it drops, they will be playing for the Crossroads League <coughs> Conference Tournament Championship on our home floor. We won the conference outright. Yes, in regular, the regular season. season. And last year, we won the conference tournament by winning three straight road games yeah. to win the conference tournament. 
that launched us into a run to the Sweet 16. So we will see this year. Uh, this year, Grace will be one of the top four seeds in the country, meaning we get to host one of the first-round pods. That's great. Uh, great for the school. Uh, really uh, fun team to watch. A they dom- are. Dominant presence inside with Elijah Malone, good wing player, and Frankie Davidson. A lot of good supporting elements. Got uh, Jacob Gibbs, Cade Gibbs, two, twin brothers from the Indianapolis area that are athletic. And, and they just run. Yeah. They just run like crazy. A lot of fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping for big things from that. So, will, will we go on the road to a national title? If, if Grace goes to the national title title game, will, will we take the pot on the road? Um, well, see, you work in advancement, so you have access to money. I don't. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a faculty member. So, <laughs> you know, if you can get uh, our president to maybe throw us some money to, to get us there. You mean the NAIA the doesn't want to doesn't Prob- want to foot the bill for that? Probably not. But you know, if you want to talk to uh, you know, Mr. President, hmm. I mean, you y- you have more interaction with him than I do. I do. I have a lot of it. I'm surprised at the level of interaction I yeah. have with the guy. Just drop that in there. Hey, you know, I think the po- I mean, he did let us take over his podcast. Yeah, a couple years a couple ago. Years ago. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he understands the power of the various and sundry podcasts. So yeah, you know, hmm. saying there's a chance, just have to just have to hit him at the right time. Right? Where do where do they do the tournament now? It's in Kansas City. Is it in Kansas City? We yeah. could do Kansas City. Yeah, that'd be a blast. Some barbecue, barbecue, bookstores. Yes, I'm sure there's. Got we could hit Midwestern. Yeah, all those things. Absolutely. Yeah, you work on that. You you uh, you drop that into some conversation with. Uh, Let me do some noodling. Let me do some noodling. I'll write a proposal of some kind. There you go. There you go. All right, John, we need to move on. You ready? Sure. So today we are talking about (coughs) – not about health issues. We are talking about the true marks of revival. Yep. So Feels timely. Yeah. I mean um, I think – was it the last episode you mentioned – the one thing you like was it was that your one thing you like, yeah the Asbury Road? Uh, it might have been last time yeah yeah so you know <coughs> inevitably um, both of us have been asked by multiple people yep what do you think of what's going on at Asbury mm-hmm. I've had a number of students approach me and ask me my thoughts um, and so and it's a fair question yeah absolutely absolutely and so there is a sense in which what we're going to talk about pertains to the Asbury Revival, but this is not an episode about the Asbury Revival. It's the bigger picture question of what should we be looking for with a genuine work of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. What's, what should be some things that we should be looking for? Uh, and obviously, you know, people can apply this to, you know, what's, hap- what's happened at Asbury, but uh, this is not uh, – just to be clear n- – we are not making a definitive – this is absolutely you know, a clear work of God and we're enthusiastically behind everything happening there. Yeah. We're also not coming out saying that's not a work of God. That's a counterfeit work of the enemy or something like that. We're not making a statement either way. We're just discussing um, what, what we should be looking at, how we even think about it, react to it, uh, reflect on it. Um, just some things we should be looking for and questions we should be thinking about in light of that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, 
Well, let's start with – do you want to start with the Kevin DeYoung article? You want to... Yeah, let's start with the Kevin DeYoung article. Okay. Yeah, that's a little – More well, digestible. More digestible. Yes, indeed. So uh, Kevin DeYoung, uh, who has a new website. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, – you know, it's, it, it's a very subtle name. Have you noticed the subtlety of this? It, 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 his his website is entitled Clearly Reformed. ClearlyReformed.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very subtle. Hard to tell where yeah. he's coming from on these things. Um, you know, it, it's in some ways it's like the complete opposite of the he gets us. Mm-hmm. Very subtle, have to kind of think about it a little bit more. What does that mean? Then there's Kevin DeYoung. He's clearly reformed. Yep. So he wrote a, uh, an article entitled um, – let me get my glasses. Goodness gracious, I'm getting old, John. Uh, it, it was entitled, uh, What is True Revival? So he identifies what he considers to be five uh, marks of true revival. So – yeah, let's just talk through these. And, uh, you know, again, if we want to make any comments about what's going on at Asbury or other college campuses, that's fine. But uh, number one, rediscovery of God's word. That makes sense. The Absolutely. Centra- the centrality of God's word. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe you saw this. Uh, so the guy that preached at Asbury in the chapel service that started this. Yeah. Did you see uh, there was a story out about him where after he got done preaching, he texted his wife and to the effect of something like, well, that was another dud. <laughs> like basically yeah. had no like no sense of, wow, I really crushed it on that sermon. That was kind of a dud, uh, kind of the, uh, you know, back to the drawing board kind of thing. So um, – and – I haven't listened to it myself. I've had others who have listened to it who have said um, that the message itself was very heavy on sort of the law of God bringing conviction. The gospel was present in that, obviously. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think any genuine work of God like that is going to be uh, rooted in God's word itself. And a rediscovery yeah. of God's word. In a lot of ways, that was the Reformation, right? right. It was like yeah, a sure. was like a uh, we are finding scripture again. Yes, um, it had gotten lost, or or we'd lost focus on it, and mm-hmm. and a rediscovery of God's word central to revival. Absolutely, number two, a uh, restored sense of the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just a, a sense of the of the majesty, the weightiness of who God is, uh, being o- overwhelmed with His holiness. Uh, and his goodness at the same time, so I think that that's a that's a good indicator of genuine revival as well. That uh, especially in a culture where sin is not taken seriously, yeah. Um, when you see the majesty of God, or even just God is treated very casually, He's my buddy. He's the guy in the sky. You know, the sort of the casual, almost flippancy that God has talked about in some ways. Um, feels completely out of place in in this kind of context where it's where you are really encountering the holiness of God. Yeah, um, I think it was is it Colin Matherson. I'm trying to remember that, but 
Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Cotton? Is it Cotton Mather? Mathers? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, where he hears uh, somebody preach and go and just basically goes, I heard it and it, and it pierced my heart. I, I, I knew my righteous – I mean he says it much more interestingly than I do, um, <laughs> be, being an illiterate man, I believe. But, uh, you know, um, uh, I think the phrase he used, it gave me a heart wound, like, like, like he understand that his righteousness would not save him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, third, um, a return to God through confession and repentance, which that follows really from the previous one. Absolutely. Right? If you start to recognize who God is and are overwhelmed by his majesty, his holiness, his greatness, his wrath towards sin, uh, that, w- that should lead us to um, a renewed emphasis on confession of sin and repentance. Um, and that's where I think, uh, you know, I, one of the things that I, that I do stress with people, even as I've had conversations about what's going on at Asbury, is that my hope is that this bears lasting fruit. Absolutely. And that that's, um, you know, I'm not against the sort of the sort of emotional spiritual high. Mm-hmm. You know, God made us as emotional beings. So uh, this is not in any way a statement against emotions. But I think ultimately what distinguishes what, what will distinguish what's happening there from just a spiritual high to a, to a lasting, impactful kind of event is the production of long-term fruit. Oh, yeah. And so if that happens, then that is further encouragement of this was more than just this uh, – Profound spiritual experience. Well, and I, I think that's the reason why it's hard for us to go like, this is a work of the spirit, or it's not. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, we need sort of that that long term view yeah. of whether or not this is something. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm very distracted by the sound of my own voice um, and how <laughs> odd it sounds. Uh, th- this sort of long term view of yeah. like, does this produce fruit in the long term? I think every indication is. That it will, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's reason to be encouraged. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know that we need like, you know, uh, like there are some people I think that are out there who go, you can't criticize this at all. If you criticize this, you're criticizing yeah. the the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, hold your horses. You right. know, you know. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there there are room for questions. Yeah, uh, and for let's see, let's wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Um, and I think uh, and I, I've seen this I've seen this extreme on both ends, though, that people will immediately try to discredit it by saying, well, if this were true revival, and I'm going to give an example on both ends of the spectrum here. OK, please do. So on one end, I saw some a pastor post on Facebook. Well, if this was true revival, Asbury would immediately repent of its egalitarianism and mm. its um, flawed view of holiness and sanctification. Okay. On the other end, I, I saw someone post, if this is true revival, then we're going to see immediate changes in the area of social justice and like, you know, all of the progressive priorities. Sure. On, you know. And so it's like, folks, folks, just – 
stop with your agenda pushing for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, quit, quit demanding that a, a work of God look a certain way mm-hmm. and that it produce a certain effect. You know, there, there, there are broad picture things we can talk about. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just come on, people, be better. Uh, next one that the young lists is um, renewed spiritual commitment and accountability. So this is be this would be more of the ongoing piece. Right. This is that long term piece that we're looking right, at. Right. Right. Um, I one thing that I think is missing from this list, and maybe it fits in here, is uh, m- moving revival into the local church. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I I've noticed that sort of like one thing that gives me that causes me to ask questions is particularly of Asbury, is this uh, is at a seminary? It's at a school? It's at a it's at a college. It's yeah. not seemingly, as far as I can tell, seeping into local congregations there um, or moving to the to the local church. And even as it spreads, it seems to be going to colleges. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really looking for this thing to move into the local church. I, I, I want that sort of mm-hmm. revivalness of it to yeah. move, in, move into uh, local congregations, not just with the 18 to 24-year-old crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and then last, uh, reformation of true piety. In other words, again, just a, a, a renewed emphasis on godliness, pursuit yeah. of growth in godliness. Um, so that's DeYoung's article. It's it's short. It's readable. Uh, very helpful. Um, I thought it would also be interesting, though, to talk a little bit about uh, Jonathan Edwards. So Jonathan Edwards, arguably the greatest American theologian – uh, thus far in the history of our country, probably. Yeah, yeah, and maybe even philosopher. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was a fascinating individual, but uh, he was a pastor in the early 18th century who was uh, a pretty significant part of the first Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, wrote several things on it. Uh, that what I want to focus on is he wrote a short uh, for him short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it had like 30 points. And... Yeah, a, a short little essay on um, called uh, The Distinguishing Marks. Let me get the title right here. Um, it is <coughs> The Distinguishing Marks of a Work of the Spirit of God, where he basically is defending what he was a part of as a genuine work of God, while at the same time acknowledging, well, yeah, of course there were some things that were wrong. Yeah. And – I Part of what's so helpful about that is I think he's just very clear and analytical of we can affirm that something is a work of God without having to say everything associated with it is absolutely exemplary uh, and and commendable. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that's part of what makes that – and it's actually reasonably uh, readable for Edwards. So he has nine what he calls negative marks. Uh, meaning that just because these things happen doesn't mean it's necessarily a work of the Spirit, but it also doesn't necessarily mean it's not a work of the Spirit. So basically a sort of these things can happen, but they're not um, they're not guarantees either Ooh. way. So he lists, for example, um, physical effects. Mm. So people having um, profound physical effects of fainting or – being completely overwhelmed with grief or sorrow or something like that, which also ties into his uh, 
uh, third one there, intense affections for God. He says, well, that can be, but it's not necessarily because you can have, you know, uh, an intense affection towards God that's not based on genuine knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so he— There's there's emotionalism there. Yeah, absolutely. Potentially. Yes. While at the same time saying, well, yeah, we would expect these profound realities to have an effect on our emotions. Sure. Um, So, yeah, those are some of the, the negative ones. Uh, anything else out of that list that stands out to you out of the negative lists there? Um, he, his seventh one there is uh, the uh, is theological error. And he just points out, look, uh, Satan loves to get in and mix um, error into truth. Yeah. So that it makes sense if there's a genuine work of the Spirit that – the enemy would seek to mix in error to discredit it. Oh yeah, and mislead people. So his point is, just because error comes out of it, doesn't automatically discredit that a genuine work mm-hmm. of the spirit has happened. Absolutely. So let's talk briefly then about his um, positive marks, uh, things that he says are genuine indications. The first one: uh, Jesus is honored. That seems pretty straightforward. That, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I think that's a very positive mark <laughs> yeah, of revival. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not really going out on a limb there, uh, Johnny E. Not, not, not really going far there. Uh, second, Satan's kingdom is opposed. Again. Yeah. Not, Pr- pretty not, standard. Yeah. Number three, God's word is highly regarded. Okay. Took that from Kevin DeYoung, yeah, obviously. Basically. Yeah, Yeah, obviously. Um, fourth, God's truth is revealed. Um, and then fifth, God and others are loved. So that that's getting at the long term effect, the fruit yeah. produced out of it. That's not just an emotional experience. Um, and so uh, you can find. I'll post. Uh, we'll post a link in the show notes to a summary of Edwards' essay. That's a little bit more manageable to digest, as well as the Kevin DeYoung article. But, um. Any other thoughts that you wanted to share just on, I mean, true revival in general or specific to what you know of what's going on at Asbury as well as, you know, as it has spread at some level to other college campuses? Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is something we should be praying for and hoping for, mm-hmm. that revival would happen in our day, that that this is something that would take place um, for, for, uh, for God's spirit to move. Uh, in our society. That's something yeah. we should absolutely be praying for, yeah. hoping for, and even to some extent be be expecting. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, it's okay to be like, let's see the fruit. Yeah. Let, let, let's see what happens over the next five, ten years yeah. um, with this. Um, you know, I've seen some videos of I've, I've had some Facebook friends go down there and I've seen some weird drum circles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, I, didn't I, ma- that didn't make the list. That on, didn't on make the- Edwards' <laughs> list, um, but I might put it in as a tenth. Right? Weird drum circles, not necessarily a mark of revival, but not yeah. necessarily not of mark of revival. Yeah. Um, but you want to know what? That's probably not for me. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've also heard one story of a theologian uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I think you know him, but we won't mention his name. He went down there to sort of check things out. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of in a in a non obtuse sort of way, yeah. and you know there 
um, meetings like this do bring out some loons from time to time. And somebody came up to him and said, the Holy Spirit told me to pray for you and threw like a shawl over him and like covered his head and like (laughs) all these things. He was like really turned off. Um, But once he got inside the chapel Mm -hmm. and was was sort of at the the epicenter, the core, I think he was greatly encouraged Mm -hmm. uh, by being there. And um, so, yeah, I mean – I mean, let's let's wait and see, and let's let's realize that uh, there's always there's always some some interesting outcomes from some of these sure. revivals around the fringes. Yeah, and I think, um, and, and this is the tension that I feel is, I I by nature tend to be a very much let's wait and see mm-hmm. kind of person. Uh, the danger with that is that it can be. Um, that I can too easily fall into a skepticism yeah. of that. That there's a there's a legitimate sort of let's wait, let's gather more information, let's sort through biblically is this a genuine work of the spirit? But um, there's also that can easily turn into a skepticism that is unhealthy and un, and ungodly. On the other hand, you can have the other extreme of so desperately wanting something to be revival. That you latch on to any and everything that that oh, is yeah. even remotely potentially associated with something like that, and then you latch on to some really awful stuff. Yeah. So um, that's the tension I feel, you know. And, and even talking with students, uh, I I have said I want it to be real. Mm-hmm. I I hope it is. I hope it's a genuine, lasting work of the Spirit. Uh, at the same time, stressing. The fruit, genuine revival produces lasting fruit. And so for this to be something more than just a, a sort of, uh, you know, anomaly, mm-hmm. right? Where five years ago, five years from now, we look back and go, remember that time that there was that thing at Asbury? And they ha- they had like this, like, it was like for like a week or 10 days, like, for it to go beyond just this sort of interesting, unusual thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, the hope ultimately is for this to be genuine revivals that, that people's hearts and minds have been transformed. Uh, growth in godliness has happened uh, often as well. You see coming out of this an acceleration in – this wasn't in the, one of the marks, but an acceleration in interest in missions, mm-hmm. an evangelistic interest to – Share the gospel, not just maybe in your immediate proximity, but to consider going to the unreached as well. So um, it would be great to see if you could pinpoint back and you see this wave of people going into um, into the unreached people groups and be able to say, man, a good number of them seem to have been directly impacted by what ha- what started at Asbury and moved on to other places. Yeah. Um, that would be a phenomenal result. Um, and I'm not demanding that, well, if it doesn't happen that way, then it wasn't genuine revival. I'm just saying that's my hope is that it does produce this sort of long-lasting fruit that produces steady, faithful growth and godliness and is not dependent on an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. The people uh, six months from now are not going to be like, uh, I'm just I, – I really am not – that interested in Jesus anymore or, boy, I wish I could go back and get that emotional buzz again that came from that. If that's what the result is six months from now, that's not healthy. No. No, that's not good. There, 
there's an there's an ordinariness to the Christian life, yeah. Uh, where it's it's sort of just day by day, moment by moment. These moments are wonderful and great. Revival is yeah. a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it's not the norm. Right. Um, we 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 should experience like normal Christian growth, going to church every week, you know, working jobs and, and yeah. doing these things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, John, you ready to move on? Sure. Time now for this day in sports history. All right, 1960. Uh, the home team, United States, wins its first Olympic hockey game. Uh, gold medal at Squaw Valley, 9-4 over the Czechoslovakians. Yeah. 1960. 20 years before the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Uh, 1967, Wilt Chamberlain. Sinks an NBA record 35th consecutive field goal. Wow. Yeah, you wonder how many of those were dunks. Yeah. <laughs> Man. 35 straight made field goals. That's that's impressive. That's got to be all dunks, right? Yeah. I mean, anyway, uh, 1989, 10-time All-Star second baseman and manager, Red, oh boy, uh, <laughs> <Shonen> Diced, <laughs> and umpire Al Barlick are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. I threw that in there just so I could hear you pronounced Schoendienst or Schoendienst, one of those two. Yeah. Um, you don't hear the name Red too much no. anymore. Well, and you wonder, surely that's a nickname, right? Probably. Redheaded guy, probably. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, 91, Calvin Murphy uh, of the Houston Rockets sets an NBA record 78 Consecutive free throws. That's a lot of free throws. Hmm. 93, uh, Lolanda Chen, triple jumps world indoor record. Hop step, uh, 14.46 meters. I think that might be Yolanda, even though it begins with, I think it's an I, not an L. Oh. With the font, I think. The, the capital I and the lowercase l look identical. identical. Well, so that's I, unhelpful. I, I believe that would be Yolanda Chen. Triple jump. You ever watch triple jump? Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 such an unnatural uh-huh. motion or athletic. Um, Who came up with it? I don't know. I mean, it's not the craziest stuff. It's not like, um, you know, it's, it, like the Winter Olympics has all the weird stuff, like the biathlon. You're going to ski for a distance. And then you're going to shoot a gun. But I think that's based off the Finns Probably. pushing back the Russians. <laughs> Probably. Which makes a lot more sense to me. Probably. Um, Probably. So I can see a real world case for that <laughs> yeah. in history yeah. more than I can the triple jump. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what the Ukrainians need is a, uh, a, a whole host of troops that ski and fire rifles. Yeah. Maybe the Finns could send them down. Maybe. I mean, they're they're looking at joining NATO now. So well, you know, well then then they couldn't get involved in that war, right? Is, doesn't that what that anyway? I don't know. We 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 wandered a bit there. Um, ah, uh, geopolitics. <laughs> we, well, we just passed the year anniversary of the start of the war. I know, years. I know. And supposedly there's a big. Anyway, we'll talk off air about the <laughs> the invasion. Yeah. Um, um, who do you like out of that list? I like the two consecutive ones. So the Wilt. For 35 consecutive field goals and Calvin Murphy's. Okay. 
I feel like we do a lot with Wilt just because he holds so many records. Yeah. So my inclination is to go to go with uh, Calvin Murphy, if that's all right with you. That sounds good. All right. <coughs> One thing you liked. Uh, being well. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm going to say our most recent trip to North Carolina, uh, Andrea and I went down to see her sister and her fiancé. Andrea and her did some dress shopping. Me and the fiance obviously did not, um, but it was just good. Got dinner with them both nights. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So Durham, North Carolina. I got to see my brother and my niece down there as well. Okay. Um, And it's it's a good time. It's a good time. It was a good weekend. Tiring, but good. Excellent. So um, last Tuesday, so a week ago from when this episode drops, uh, I got to – do a one final uh, broadcast of a Grace basketball game with my son Jake. Ah. So he did he did the play by play and I did the color commentary for the Grace women's game um, in the Crossroads League tournament in the quarterfinals. So that was a lot of fun hmm. to do the game with him. And uh, I think based on the fact he's going to graduate, I think that's our that was our swan song. Yeah, that was it. So. Getting back to my sports broadcasting roots. Yeah, putting that major to good work. Finally. <laughs> Finally. We have talked. John's uh, failing voice. We have talked. It held up through the episode. It, it held up, yes. A few coughs here and there, but it's it stayed steady. Uh, NBA, we talked uh, some Grace College basketball, some spring training baseball. We talked the marks of uh, – true marks of revival – Doing a little Kevin De- Kevin Young, a little KDY, and some Jonathan Edwards. We talked about Calvin Murphy hitting 78 consecutive free throws. We talked about me doing play-by-play for a basketball game and John going to Durham to see some family. Yep. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is until next time. The Lord bless y'all real good. Later.